And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. DirecTV gives you access to apps like Netflix and live sports right next to each other. I don't get it. Let me put it in pigeon terms. It's like that one amazing dumpster with the old fruit and cardboard all in one place. How am I supposed to keep up with illustrative metaphors when you are making me so hungry? Get live TV and streaming apps together without a satellite. Visit directtv.com. Requires high-speed internet-connected Gemini device and separate paid subscription to watch Netflix on DirecTV. Terms and restrictions apply. Lights out, and away we are. Get along, little darling. Welcome to No Breaks, a Formula One podcast from the No Dunks Inc. Classic Factory, proudly a part of the Athletic Podcast Network. Whether you're joining us live in the Slipstream team here on YouTube, listen to the podcast later. Thank you very much. I'm your host, Trey Kirby, and I'm joined today by our local F1 expert and a man who said he would do this whole episode in character. <laughs> Graydon Gordian. <laughs> wow, howdy there, folks. <laughs> it is it is right mighty fine to see all y'all here today. I don't know if I could do the whole thing. Uh, yeah, was, not good enough. Honestly, I, I mean, I like okay. for a guy that grew up in, in Texas, <clears throat> I feel like I haven't heard you do a lot of Southern accents. I can I can do a <laughs> Texas accent. <laughs> I can do one. I can. Gosh darn it now. And of course, we got our team principal <laughs> on the pit wall making the right calls. JD, you got a good Southern accent over there? Uh, if I turn my mic on. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> that would have that been a nice – that would have been unexpected but a fun curveball if you had just a if really just, dialed just in southern yeah. accent. Yeah. I've been living in the south for nine years, and I, I, I got nothing. My kids, though, full southern. Sound oh, like yeah, They sound sure. like absolute country yeah. bumpkins. They're, well, they sound like Atlanta hipsters. Right, which <laughs> which is a very this, fine line. Yeah. They are who very, we thought very they fine were. Line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I definitely notice a dad when I hear from my kids, daddy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a y'all man, and I always have been. That yeah, stuck with me. You've always been a y'all man. I I waited two years <clears throat> of living in the South before adding it to my vocabulary. It never went away. That I, That's too ingrained growing up in Texas. Mo- Texas, moving to yes. then moving around the north in various places. You don't you don't lose the y'all. Yeah, I think it's easier if you're an American to a- adopt the y'all. Mm. It's harder for Canadian. I love I love y'all though. It's a great. Yeah, it's so inclusive. Yeah. It's just it's like, very inclusive. Hey y'all. Yeah, it's but all means it, all, my friends. It never feels right coming out off my tongue. I, I say it all the time, but it feels like I'm pretending. I'm a big pretender over there. <laughs> I still feel like I think about it before I say it every time. I'm always <laughs> thinking, all right, say y'all instead of you guys. Because you guys my go-to. You guys is what, the go-to. That's, that's a very Midwestern you guys. Yeah, for uh, sure. So, yeah, y'all. We're saying y'all these days. And y'all are here with us. To recap <laughs> everything from the United States Grand Prix down in Austin, Texas. Starting with Quali on Saturday. Did anything cool happen, Graydon? I don't know because I was in the mountains and I only caught <laughs> the highlights. Of uh, qualifying Quali. was uh, qualifying was was good. I think probably the main story from qualifying that was a a little bit under the radar. They I think they kind of pressed down a little bit. Was should Max Verstappen have even made it out of Q Q one because he there were they were handing out you know. Uh, Track penalties, deleting lap times. Uh, Zhou Guan Yu, you know, suffered a, you know, didn't end up making it to Q3 because of that. But Max on his final lap, the lap that would have gotten him into Q2, definitely went off the track and they didn't call it. So that uh, there was a few people 
who were mad online about that. <laughs> I uh, I guess I kind of wish they had called it just for fairness's sake. They sure. called it on a bunch of other guys. You know what I mean? So I get, you know, but is what it is. Other than that, I mean, it was, you know, you had a lot of people taking grid penalties. Charles, like, d- you know, drove great. Uh, well, his last lap was actually a little mediocre, but he, he was, you know, would have been on the front row were not for that. Sergio would have been on the second row were not for some penalties. So he ended up having Carlos and Max out front and both the Mercedes right behind him. Um, but so it's, I think it set the stage for what was going to be and turned out to be an exciting race. Yeah, it was an exciting race and a dry race. Maybe that went hand in hand, but it was very mm-hmm. cool to see. And yeah, track limits did end up being a little bit of a storyline, I feel like, uh, throughout the weekend. Things that stuck out to me about Quali, signs 1Q1, Leclerc 1Q2, and then they finished P1 and P2 in Q3. Obviously, Leclerc did have the 10-place grid penalty, so he started a little bit lower. Then you had Verstappen and Perez in the second row. Perez gets dropped due to a grid penalty as well, so you had an all-merc second row. Looked like we were going to have a spicy race coming to Sunday. So let's take a look at the point scores from the race on Sunday. Up top, Max Verstappen takes home his 13th win of the season, tying Michael Schumacher and Sebastian Vettel for most wins in a season. Still got a few races left to break that record. He was not super enthused about it, though, because he realizes they're racing more often. So shout sure. out to him for actually realizing that. That was hilarious. I yeah, 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 I appreciate his like respect. For, yeah, he's like, like yeah, I'm going to break play. it, but that's okay because I'm racing more often. So he finishes P1. Lewis Hamilton <clears throat> finishes in P2. Led the race with, what, up until about six laps left or something yeah, was, like that? Yeah, it was, it was five or six laps. Even got a message from Bono. It's hammer time. That was great. To I hear. love the hair and air. I, I, that I'm not going to say it's our first hammer time of the season because there's been a lot of races and a lot of radio messages, but it's we definitely hear that a lot less often than seasons prior. Yeah, you it, know, it definitely felt like you're going to do it this time, man. They were fired up for the I, race. I kind of thought they were going to do it. I actually thought they had nailed the strategy and had gotten it right. I thought they were going to do it. I thought, you know, he. Had a solid lead, a solid gap, maybe six, seven seconds on Max. Max had pitted a lap or two after him, but had come out on mediums. Hamilton was on the hards. And Max was putting in better lap times to start out, but he was on the softer tires. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I think – and, you know, they had, you know, a good 20 laps to go, 18 to 20 laps to go at that point. I was like, I don't know that – Max's tires are going to be there when it comes time to do the thing and overtake him. I think Mercedes made the right call and they are going to have he's going to he's going to eat into the gap right now and then he's not going to have the pace to get past him. I was wrong about that. <laughs> I was wrong, but I was like Mercedes is nailing this. I thought they had it all figured out. So. Yeah, it looked like it I mean, it looked like it definitely could have been a Mercedes victory. They had the strategy on point. You had that really slow stop for Verstappen, which put him that even was obviously farther a behind. Huge, so huge difference you're like, luck-wise, things are kind of going Mercedes' way here. Uh, but the Red Bull was honestly just too fast, especially too fast. with Verstappen behind the wheel. Leclerc did finish P3, but the big news up top is that Verstappen's win gives Red Bull a double championship. That He's the driver's champion, and he... Ha- uh, the team has scored enough points now to give Red Bull the Constructors' Championship as well. They actually didn't get the Constructors' title last year. That went to Mercedes. So this is the first one for the Red Bull team since 2013 on an emotional weekend for them. Very cool. Also in the points, Sergio Perez finished P4. I'll just run through this real quick, J.D. Russell P5, Norris P6, Vettel 7th, Magnussen 8th on a one-stopper, Yuki Tsunoda ninth, and Esteban 
Ocon jumps up to 10th place after a penalty sent Fernando Alonso down from 7th. I think he finished, right? Finished 7th, but he got knocked down uh, due to some shenanigans we'll talk about here in a little. Dominating season, though, for Red Bull. Started out pretty close with Ferrari, but as we saw with Verstappen coming from behind, had to pass Leclerc, had some cool moments. I thought those two going up against each other had to pass Hamilton. He finally did so with about six laps left. Pretty cool that they actually got to battle against each other. But Max is just too fast. I mean, we've talked about this before, how even when things go wrong for Red Bull, they're just so dominant and the car is so fast and Max is so talented that it kind of doesn't matter. This is yet another example of that, a catastrophic pit stop that for plenty of teams, Ferrari and Mercedes included, would have absolutely ended a bid to end up on the top step. Ends up, you know not being a huge issue for Red Bull. They're just that much better than everybody. And just on race day, you even mentioned how excellent Ferrari was in qualifying, but that's on fresh tires with low fuel. You know, their car is so well optimized for pace, for managing tire degradation, for running with a full tank and maintaining and picking up pace as it lessens and lessens. They just, they really nailed this car and... You know, it's they are deserving champions. No two ways about it. Yeah, no two ways about it. They were great. Mm -hmm. Um, And like you're saying, like Mercedes nailed the strategy, got a little bit lucky with a what it ended up being probably a 12 second stop for Verstappen when they were taking a long time. And the Look, safety cars helped him out a little bit, too. Both yeah. Mercedes and Ferrari got lucky with the safety cars. Leclerc, very lucky, getting a very chip chip cheap pit stop and jumping him way up the grid from where he probably would have been. But also Mercedes just repeatedly bunching up the field helped them keep it yeah, close. That definitely. was because earlier Max was probably driving away and that would have if you hadn't had those safety cars, he wouldn't have been. You know, Lewis wouldn't have been in the neighborhood when the time came. So Yeah, but you hit on it there for Ferrari as well. Leclerc did get pretty lucky uh with one of the well timed pit stops with regards to the safety car. And, you know, he drove pretty well, started P12, finished P3, but, I mean, we're talking about Verstappen here taking a, you know, an almost 20-second pit stop and still winning by five seconds. So, a good one from Leclerc. Not as exciting, though, for Carlos Sainz. Started on pole, unfortunately didn't make it past the first lap of the race after George Russell locked up trying to send it down the inside, couldn't handle it, knocked Sainz out of the race, ended up being a five-second penalty for Russell. There was some talk on the broadcast that this might be a turn one, lap one, we're going to let it slide thing. That wasn't the case with Russell getting the penalty there. You think that was the right call? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, he was pretty at fault there. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, Sainz is on the racing line, you know, coming around and, and Russell really just, you know, kind of spears him in the back there. So I think it's, it's, that's something where even in the beginning of a race, some responsibility needs to be held there. As... Martin Brundle said to Trey Cool, you know, he asked him, is this going to be a boulevard of broken dreams uh, today? And I think for Carlos Sainz, that that was that, you know, that prognostication came true. You think they fed uh, Brundle the lines there? Do you think Brundle, like, like, knew that 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 was He had multiple Green Day lines, like titles in a question. Or is Brundle, like, a Green Day fan? A huge fan. Mega fan. All I will say is Brundle has met – 
very famous people, more famous people than Trey Cool, <laughs> like meaningfully, what? and had no what? and had no goddamn idea who they were or what to ask about or why they were there. That is has happened. I mean, last year at this race, that was the whole. A Megan the Stallion fiasco, you <laughs> yeah. know, with him like getting yeah, into like yeah, a, yeah. like getting into like an argument with her security guard. Yeah. I he's done this repeatedly, so for him to know so specifically like Green Day lyrics to quote and like work <laughs> into his questions, somebody in that booth, like somebody on the production team, is a big fan and had to be like juicing him up for that. It was incredible. There was like, I don't know, he just <laughs> like, kept going for references, multiple in one sentence. That's a that was next level and probably the smoothest interaction I would say during Brundle's uh, grid walk this time. The Brad Pitt stuff was pretty hilarious. Yeah, I that thought. was a that was a chaos. That was kind of a, a sad moment. Brad Pitt's like just <laughs> just clear like aggressive just a total disinterest in interacting with martin (laughs) brundle i just could not have cared less i which shocks me a little bit okay i get it's brad pitt and brad pitt's a a a a true a-lister like the the dictionary the dictionary definition of an a-lister but if you're even the least bit of an f1 fan even as a celebrity and martin and i'm on the grid and martin brundle comes up to me talk to him i'd be like oh this is like a part of this show this is a thing they do every week i'll part i'd be i want to have fun with it and want to participate in that part of the broadcast but brad pitt wanted no no piece of that you know who would have stopped and talked sly stallone sly you know, he sly big time big stopped. time do big you time. think do you think that brad pitt is going to get more info from f1 teams than sly stallone did when he was trying to make driven he's definitely it, in the mix. I mean, he's up in all of these places. He had dinner, apparently, with Lewis Hamilton and Toto Wolff and Stefano Domenicali on Saturday night. You think he ordered think. pumpernickel toast? You think maybe they got it? I don't know. Hit I wonder if old, old Eddie V's in Austin, Texas, where they – my wife, when she heard that, she said, you're telling me they can't go to a better restaurant than Eddie V's? <laughs> Which I thought was kind of a diss because Eddie V's is perfectly fine, but I also get what she means. Uh, I, I hope the I, proprietors of Eddie V's aren't listening to yeah, this. Yeah, sorry, sorry man, about Brad Pitt was all over the place. He better be getting better info than Stallone did because I like he was on the grid walking around. They showed him behind some screens on the pe- in the yeah. paddock. He was on pit wall. He seemed to have carte blanche to go wherever well, he wanted. Apparently, this movie they're making, which top secret is, but is a fictional <laughs> film. It's not like Drive to Survive, like it's a documentary. So it's it's a, but it will take place at actual F one weekends and all of the people. The cast of characters of F1 will like be making cameos, and they will be shooting a lot of scenes at the races themselves. So I guess they're going to be pretty involved. Yeah. That sounds like logistically like a hot mess to me to try to shoot a movie amidst an actual F1 race. But <laughs> I guess if anybody can pull it off. It's Brad Pitt. Yeah, it's Brad Pitt. Well, I also think Tom Cruise could pull it off. That's just Touché. me, though. I will Those say... Are two. There might even be a variety of people in Hollywood who could pull it off. <laughs> <Yeah>, there are several. <laughs> those included. We're not Dozens, limited to those perhaps. two. Yeah. Uh, I will say a little bit of a muted celebrity presence, I thought. Yes, uh, agreed. For the United States Grand Prix compared to what we've seen in years past. Shaq did a cool arrival. Yeah. I think Florence Pugh was there. Ed Sheeran was around. Ed Sheeran was around. <laughs> and Tim Cook was the flag waver? Yeah, Tim Cook, who, terrible flag waver. He so wasn't given much. So, no, not giving it 
the full beans at all. Could, could seem very unenthusiastic. Beans, yeah, very seemed very unenthusiastic about it. Yeah, Ed Sheeran. They went to several times, you know, I because he seemingly was one of the only guys around. Yeah. I was a little surprised he, at that. I thought this would be a bigger, a bigger celebrity event. It was a huge deal last year. Maybe, maybe Miami stole the show this year. Yeah, like it, if you're a celeb, you're that's probably the one you're going to this year. Las Vegas will be the one next year. You know, but Austin is also kind of a celeb town True. in the sense it's a party town and like a film town. But yeah, it's. Miami didn't eat into attendance at all. This was the most attended mm-hmm. F1 event mm-hmm. in history with over 440,000 attendees. So that's, I guess, exciting. But And Miami hasn't cut into that at all. But I think you might be right that on the celebrity front, it did eat into it. One guy who was on the track had an interesting day was Fernando Alonso. Ooh. One of the craziest scenes we've seen in a Formula One race recently when Fernando Alonso hit Lance Stroll in the back, which popped Alonso's car up for a long wheelie, almost Fast and Furious style here, yes. going on his back axle. This eventually led to a 30-second penalty for Alonso because he landed so hard from his car getting elevated like that that it loosened one of the mirrors, which eventually blew off from the high speeds. So I'm going to call – right, and I'm going to come down – strongly on the justice for Alonzo side of this. Like, to be direct, I think that was – this penalty is bullshit. Like, I think it's – it's – okay, there – I get why Haas protested it after the race because Haas looked at what was happening with Sergio Perez's car where there was part of his front wing dangling off and Alonzo's mirror dangling and, and flying off and said, we have faced the exact same situation with Kevin Magnuson multiple times and we've always been shown the meatball flag, the black and orange mm-hmm. flag. What the hell? Why aren't you showing it here? That is a fair complaint from Haas because I think that's right. It's, it, it wasn't equitable, and they, they probably were right to be pissed. But at the same time, that's on the race director to show him that flag and to be the steward. If they screw up in real time in the race, that I don't see why you apply that a penalty afterwards they're, what are they supposed to – I don't know. It's like that to me was a, – is a bad penalty. I don't like this for Alonzo. I think he should have ended in the points because he had an incredible drive. He mm-hmm. came back from that insane incident. Somehow the car continued going. I have no idea how they managed to keep the car even on the track. And then after falling way down the grid during the – you know during that whole incident, managed to drive it all the way back into the points to seventh. Or wherever. Yeah, it's pretty incredible, incredible that he was actually able to continue because, I don't know, just the impact of the car smacking back down seemed like it would probably put him out of the race. Things are so fragile, but I guess a very strong floor uh, for the Alpine. But you're kind of right. It's like, call it both ways, but do it during the race because it, afterwards it's kind of like, oh, yeah, we should have caught that. Well, we, Too it's late, like, buddy. Yeah, like after – what if you were watching a basketball game and somebody – scored but there was an offensive foul and then like after the game is over they were like actually that was clearly a foul we missed it we're taking away those two points and it like changes the outcome of the game i that to me it it feels like that in this instance like it's the ref that blew it it's the race director that blew it not alpine that made a mistake and they should and even if there is a problem there if there if you want to say listen you guys should have been taking driver safety or like course safety more seriously i think that's a fine for the team mm-hmm. not not a 
a penalty for Alonzo, that is very extreme, by the way. A 30-second penalty? We see that's a very harsh penalty. The the reasoning basically was that it was supposed to kind of replicate a stop-and-go penalty in a pit stop, right? Correct. Like 10 seconds in, 10 seconds stopped, 10 seconds out. It All adds the, up to 30. But a meatball actually isn't even a – you know, isn't a penalty. It's a it's an order to come in yeah. to the pits, and you do have to likely change the front wing or change. But in that instance, it's not like you'd change the front wing. You'd probably rip off the mirror and then <laughs> let him keep going is what you would do, right? So I don't. I just feel like that this is a this is a mistake. It's also really problematic that they penalized Alpine so harshly. And and they decided to do nothing about Sergio Perez and right. Red Bull. And they were like, well, that was fine. He was driving around <laughs> with part of his front wing dangling off. That's not a big deal. The the Alpine thing's a big deal. It just doesn't feel like this is – a lot of people are mad about the, mad on various sides, and I think they're all right to be mad. Like I think Haas <laughs> is right to be mad. I think Alpine's right to be mad. Do you have to have a mirror on both sides of your car to drive? Not to continue Not in to the get, race. To start? To start, yeah. for sure. I don't think that's – that's. but I don't think to – clearly not to continue because they let him – they didn't, like, call him in at that point for having an unsafe car. Okay. They let him continue with just one mirror. It is unsafe, I guess, because you can't see people behind you. True. But, but you can always just check your blind spot. Yeah, I guess Simple. just give it a Simple. little glance. <laughs> yeah, little just take your eyes off the road when yeah, you're going yeah, 200 yeah. miles an hour. No big deal. How about surprises and disappointments? What else stuck out to you from the United States Grand Prix? What else stuck out? I kind of thought, um, well, surprises on the good end. Uh, Sebastian Vettel had a great race. He looked great. Aston Martin in general looked really strong despite Stroll's kind of boneheaded move to make a late, <laughs> you know, swerve in front of uh, Alonzo real late. You know, they, the, uh, the Aston Martins in general looked good. Vettel looked especially great. Were it also not for a botched pitch pit stop he would have finished even higher as well um because he you know he, he was driving really well um so it's he's got to be one of the standouts there i thought um i thought botas and and uh was a little uh he didn't end up in the points in the end right no yeah which is a shame that him and joe didn't because i the alpha looked really strong in qualifying and looked really strong early in the race and looked like they were poised to get some points so i thought that was a little i was a little bit disappointed for them i thought they had an opportunity this is a track where they looked strong they looked strong throughout practice and then for them to come away with no points is a bummer i thought yeah, and I think they brought upgrades this week, and they brought upgrades for the previous yeah. race as well. So they're probably thinking we're back in the points, so to come home with nothing. It's a that shame. Was a, that was a bad one, I thought, for Alfa Romeo. Anybody on your end? You Disappointment-wise, Daniel Ricciardo, completely invisible in the race, like 30 seconds off the pace from Lando Norris, and didn't go full Americana, I didn't think, the way he usually does for the United States Grand Prix. He, he, had, he had the sideburns. What was it? Did he have like a horsey McHorse face or something like that? Well, he had a horse. He had a horse at with one him. point with him. Yeah, but I don't know. It seemed like the the bloom was off the Ricardo Rose a little bit, knowing yeah. that he's not going to be necessarily on the grid for next season. And usually, he's one of the stars of the show. When they for go sure, to he Texas. loves Texas. He loves Austin. I think he bought a house there. Mm -hmm. Like I think you know he like loves it, right? So for him to have, it's true. It felt. Like almost a little sad that he a was kind of muted because it it, it it really drove home the fact that he's not going to be around next year. 
Good surprise, though. Kevin Magnuson went for the one-stop strategy for this one. It worked out. Finished P8. First time Haas has been in the points for quite some time. So that was a pleasant surprise, I thought. Kevin Magnuson. Nice little race there. Yeah, great. And great guts to go for the one-stopper. I honestly was fairly positive that would just not work at all yeah it would be a fool's errand to even try so but you know they gave it a go and definitely wouldn't i think would not have been in the points if they had done a two-stopper so that was that was great you know you I think mean, it's it, important for the american team to get points at a united states grand prix does it matter d- I, uh, I, they just I, want I, points period i'm gonna say that haas is kidding themselves a little bit if they feel like this is their home grand prix It's not as if you look around the stands and it's just like a sea of Haas fans. That's true. I don't think like Gunter Steiner and Kevin Magnuson are sitting around and Mick Schumacher (laughs) sitting around thinking, this is it. This is our our home. This is our house. We have to come in here and defend our house. Like we must protect this house. You know, like uh, I don't think that's their attitude coming in. Well, they're probably saying we must protect this house. Mick is a – Oh, go. How about that? How about that? Mick is a Texas man. Mick's got – the Schumachers have a big ranch in Texas. His dad loves – loved Texas back when he could travel, I guess. And and Mick has spent a lot of time there as a kid growing up, I think. You think he has a cowboy hat? I assure you. There is – I think he's in one. There's photos flying there. They were at the Broken Spoke in Austin. Him and, uh, you know, Magnuson and – Somebody else. They were at the Broken Spoke together. So they were, you know, so, and he had a cowboy hat on. So he was looking good. It's very easy to actually find a picture of Mick Schumacher wearing a cowboy, cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, you go there's like 13 <laughs> yeah. different Yeah, he's worn a lot out. of cowboy hats. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, they, they spent a lot of time in Texas, or they did once upon a time. <laughs> Only one thing left to do, Graydon, it's a hand out our Full Beans Driver of the Weekend Award for the United States Grand Prix down in Austin, Texas. Nice to have a dry race. Pretty interesting strategy-wise. We had a whole bunch of different drivers actually getting a chance to lead this race. So where are you going, Greg? Okay, yeah, we did have a bunch of drivers. And I forget which race it was. Maybe it was Singapore. But a couple weeks back where I was saying how I don't even feel like – I think we gave it to Sergio because it felt like nobody else even had a good race. Everybody had a mediocre race. I actually felt the opposite about Austin. Like a bunch of guys actually drove pretty well. Um, You know that a bunch of people stood out. You mentioned Magnuson stood out. I actually think Alonzo had a great race. I think Leclerc had a very nice race. Um, For me, the standout guy is – Sebastian Vettel in his final race. I thought he he drove great. His overtake of Magnussen right there coming into the the last couple of corners, you know, before the checkered flag. Terrific stuff. I just thought he really looked great out there. Looked like his old self, you know, um, you know, looked like his championship caliber self, which was so great to see after what has been has had its uh, more than a handful of forgettable moments in his final year. It was awesome to see him have a good race. Yeah, definitely has had a, a, a downside to the end of his career with the way things happened at Ferrari. Yeah. Maybe not quite as much success as you would expect at Aston Vettel. At Aston Vettel. At Aston Martin. But I will disagree. He doesn't look like his old self because they show pictures of Sebastian Vettel when he <laughs> came up with Red Bull. And I'm like, He's... they let a 13-year-old drive oh my in God. Formula 1? A tiny Tiny baby. It's incredible, actually, how much he's he's aged. Yeah, he's been around for a long time to go from looking how young he did to now looking like the grizzled vet, but he gets my full beans driver of the weekend as well. Led a lap, which was the 3500th 3, lap he's led in his career. 
which is a lot of laps. The other one we didn't mention, uh, who I think deserves a shout out, although I stand by my uh, giving the award to Vettel, is is Lewis drove a great race. He drove a great race. Lewis drove a great race too, and and that was a you know even just getting second there. It's listen, I get it's disappointing. I really wanted him to get the win. I was pulling really hard for him. It would have been awesome, but so hard against Max and the Red Bulls. But he he drove a very complete like zero mistake race. Mm -hmm. There's nothing he could have done better than what he did out there. Yeah, and I guess we'll see if Mercedes is ever able to bring their new wing that they're trying. Maybe that <laughs> yeah. is the thing that pushes them over the edge to get a win here because you're hearing that a lot on the broadcast. Only a few races left for Mercedes to get Lewis Hamilton a win and keep his streak of seasons with at least one win continuing. But that's it from the United States Grand Prix. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll talk news and we'll answer some questions from some listeners. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Back with the Breaky Boys, a new classic podcast unfurling before your very eyes. Got a little bit of news to talk about here, Graydon. One of the big stories of the weekend at the United States Grand Prix is that Red Bull owner slash co-founder Dietrich Mateschitz passed away this weekend at 78 years old. Mateschitz, one of the founders of Red Bull, the energy drink company, and then obviously instrumental building their Formula One team and the Toro Rosso now Alpha Tauri team as well. Grain, what can you tell me about Dietrich Mateschitz? Well, I mean, Dietrich was, I mean, he actually, uh, listen, I, everyone's shown him a lot of love, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for what has been a massive impact on the sport. He took a middling Jaguar team, purchased it, and made it into a powerhouse. You know, he himself, I think, was probably not always the most savory character. Sometimes his politics maybe were a few regrettable remarks sure. over the years. Um, but, you know, we won't focus on that. I think it's just, I mean, listen, the, the, he, he actually, like, he deserves a little bit of credit for, I think, building a company, and I'm talking about Red Bull, not just, that is unlike any other business on the planet. You're talking about an energy drink company that, like, own soccer teams and racing teams and jumps people out of satellites <laughs> and like I like it's yeah. actually I think sometimes we're just so used to like the madness that is the Red Bull Empire that when you take a step back we don't realize that like it's it's the weirdest business on the planet absolutely and it, but it but it works and they made an absolute fortune building it taking this incredibly novel strategy and like I don't know good for him for having like a totally crazy you know, hyper risk tolerant approach to building this world famous brand. So, you know, 
Good for him in that regard. Yeah, they were showing a clip package at one point of all of the other extreme sports that Red Bull teams are a part of. And it was strange to, like, be explaining to the kids. I'm like, oh, yeah, so he founded Red Bull, which to begin with is an energy drink company. Don't drink energy drinks, my children. Right. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> You'll like, never which see you never one. want. Yeah. You'll never see one in this touch. house. Yeah, exactly. But he started it and then they got into racing. And then, oh, yeah, they have guys jumping from outer space down to the ground. Not to mention the Red Bull Flugtag, which was like the first thing the I learned flugtog. outside of Red Bull energy drinks when they're just flying all kinds of Did you ever wild go? Cars. You know, they used to have – when we lived in Chicago, they had one there. Never attended a Flugtag. I, w- I like was like walking by and they were having it on like the beach – like oh, there's that beach over by like, like Old Town, kind of like Lincoln Park, like area, a North where, Avenue beach, North probably. Avenue beach or whatever. They were like having a flug talk, and I like saw a little bit of it. Anyway, so, but this is a long time. I mean, this is probably like over a decade ago, you know, twelve, thirteen years ago. But it's uh, they, yeah. I mean, it's just wild. The one thing that we never got a look at during Didi's life that I always wanted to see was so he didn't like he famously didn't like to travel. Okay. To the races. He obviously did from time to time, but he wasn't at every race, which, you know, some of the owners are, and that's that's their whole thing. They own this fancy toy, and they travel around, and they and they participate. He, he But supposedly, back in Austria, at Red Bull headquarters, he had this, like, massive, like, you know, like, criminal mastermind-style, like, viewing room where it was, like, huge TVs, and he could see all the data and all these things, and it was this, like, it was this, like, hyper-involved lounge where he would watch all the races from, and I've never seen a picture of it. I don't think a photo of it exists, but... It does sound like a cool place to watch a race. It does sound like a cool <laughs> place to watch a, a race and kind of a visionary guy. So RIP to Dietrich Mateschitz. Very cool that Red Bull could honor him with a couple of championships uh, yeah. this weekend. Other bit of news, Williams Racing Team Principal Josh Capito announced that American Formula 2 driver Logan Sargent would join Williams next year, replacing Nicholas Latifi. However... There are super license concerns. Sargent must finish sixth or better in the final F2 standings to earn his super license. He's got a 12-point lead currently over the seventh-place driver with one race left. My favorite part of this from an ESPN report is that it's, quote, unclear whether Williams has a backup plan in case Sargent is unable to collect his super license points. Or whether Joss Capito was supposed to make the announcement in the first place. <laughs> so they're probably getting this guy. And if they don't, we'll see. It, it feels like – okay, I'm speculating here. But if the if the article says it's unclear whether he was supposed to say this in the first place, it sounds to me like that's because <laughs> they called somebody else at Williams to confirm and they were like, he wasn't even supposed to say that. Like, otherwise, you would never just question whether a team principal was supposed to make an announcement or not. I feel like that. So somebody must, so that, somebody must have said he wasn't supposed to say that. And listen, that's – I guess it's all well and good. It does feel – it seems overwhelmingly likely that Logan Sargent will get the, the super license points necessary, but it's not certain. Yeah. He could easily DNF, and then the guy in seventh currently finishes on the podium or something, and then it's and then he's out. I mean, I don't know. That happens. That stuff happens all the time. I, I it just feels. It's not zero just risk. You yeah. could just wait. You could have just waited. Just wait. <laughs> you could have just waited. And it does feel like you should, in fact, have a backup plan. 
Sergeant got some points, I believe, this weekend for taking some practice sessions with the Williams Correct. team. This is another <clears throat> young driver who is getting brought up to Formula One. I feel like we've talked about a ton of young drivers recently. What's the Logan Sargent scouting I mean, report? I, I mean, at this point, the real thing – I mean, the real question about this guy is I think the real bet that Williams is making is is that given the, explos- the explosion in popularity in the – uh, of F1 in the U.S. will an American driver be a difference maker? I think it's hard to claim that Logan Sargent is actually the best guy on the outside looking in of F1 right now. I just don't know if I believe that. Like, I just, I mean, I think he's super talented and all. It's great. But finishing sixth in Formula 2, when you look at where some of the current guys on the grid are finishing, is, you know, is is you know not all that impressive given what some of the other guys have done. I it definitely feels I'm not saying it's an odd move, but it and and I certainly hope he does well, but it it doesn't it it doesn't feel like well he was the obvious anointed next choice to take over a seat here. Um definitely not the buzziest name. Not the buzziest name. I mean, the only reason he's been a buzzy name is cuz he's American. Sure. Like and that and everybody has been desperate to get an American back in the series. Did a quick Google. There is one photo only of Logan Sargent wearing a cowboy hat. And he's, but he's done it. So Okay, he's done it. That's good. It's not the only – I don't know if we – we didn't have this on our show, but there is one other little piece of Williams news out there. Give it to I me. I might as well mention it, that it does look like – we mentioned a few shows back, the Porsche-Red Bull deal fell apart, and it's looking like now a Porsche Williams deal is going to come together. That Porsche is going to buy a 50. They're getting in. They're going to buy a 50. It looks like my understanding is as of this recording, there is not pen to paper, but apparently there is terms to purchase 50% of Williams and uh, and finally get Porsche in into the series. Are you su- sure you're supposed to announce that at this point? Should I be announcing that? Should I be saying that out loud? Hard to say. Yet but... another thing that maybe Williams wasn't supposed to be breaking. <laughs> yet more news. Well, like, don't just put like anything out there. Hopefully it all comes true. Yeah. Um, I will say just uh, quickly off the top of my head, I would say Porsche partnering with Williams better for the sport than Porsche partnering with with Red Bull because that seems like the rich getting richer whereas here Agreed. you got somebody going to like one of the back markers maybe that helps elevate them a little bit Agreed Agreed I also think it probably as long as Porsche plays ball from a branding standpoint probably safeguards the Williams entry for a longer period of time you know I, I think nobody wants to see even if it's it's just in name only Williams is such an important part of F1 history. I think people want to see the team hang around. Obviously, the Williams family was struggling to make that happen. And now with their kind of private equity owners, seems like they would hang around for a longer time. But I think it's, you know, Porsche is a, is a good, you know, institutional backer to have. So Good to hear during a transitional period for Williams. We're in the middle of a transitional period ourselves because we're going to go to the beach. Oh, beach stepping. During a no breaks podcast? Ooh, they said it couldn't be done. First question, Brie, this one actually comes from the Slipstream team. A live question from Jeff R., who says, Graydon, as a native Texan, are you a little offended by the drivers and pundits making a parody of Texan culture? Nobody goes to the French GP wearing berets or Silverstone with dressing as the Queen's Guard. Because I am a little offended. LOL. 
That's from Jeff R. Okay. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'm pro- <laughs> offended would be a stretch. <laughs> offended would be a stretch. You're not wrong, though, that they, like, make way b- bigger of a deal out of, like, the culture of Texas than they do at any other Grand Prix. No doubt. Every other place, they just show up and race. And in Texas, it's all a big – it's a big ordeal. Now, in their defense – Texas Texans, the the promoters of the event, lean into this. They are big enablers yes. of that. They want, you know, they they want all of this, but they absolutely, without a doubt, like make it a make it a thing in a way where it's not it's not always a thing everywhere else. Interesting. I mean, I it's it, it, am I wrong? I mean, it feels. Oh, like- definitely. I mean, I guess. They did do football helmets at the Miami GP this year, but to me, a football helmet is more Texas than it is Miami. Though there are great, although they great they race around the Dolphin Stadium. Also I true, yeah, why. it's true that it is. It football is very is a very Texan sport. I and they do hats in other places. You've seen other headgear. Russian Grand Prix had Russian like, F one hats. Yeah, whatever those sort of like like, like trapper hat, hats yeah. are. Yeah, like. So you see that sometimes, but but you're not wrong. It's like it's it's horses and it's guys dressing up in cowboy boots. You saw the Ferrari guys in those little like toy <laughs> cowboy hats, which I actually yes, hated. I not because I was offended as much as I just thought they looked terrible. Get them like, a real cowboy hat. Get a real hat. cowboy hat. My God. That's simple. Yeah. Just get them a, a cattleman or get a, a cattleman or, or, or a, a cutter. A cutter. You get a you know a ridge top. Hi. You could get a ridge top. Was that no? Was it ridge top? Get, I wouldn't was that get the what gambler. it was? Don't get gambler, the gambler. Well, it's a bad yeah, you gotta watch out for the gambler. All right, on to the questions <clears throat> that we had before the show started. This one comes from Tim in Scotland. Hi guys, love the pod. First off, what's the F one equivalent to beach stepping? Grid walking? Pit wall sitting? What's a good term? Grid walking doesn't sound bad. I mean, that yeah. grid walking is where you run, walk around and ask, ask questions. questions. Grid walking's pretty good. All right. My question for both of you. Which driver is most likely to be the next first-time world champion? Follow-up question. Which current young driver do you think will finish their career with the most world championships? So next first-time winner and most world championships. Okay. To the first question, I think there's only two serious contenders as of this date. Charles Leclerc and George Russell, as I think those are the only two teams that are seriously going to vie for a championship in the near future. And I'm going to say Charles. I just think that he's been in the team longer. He's more integrated into it. And Ferrari is a step ahead of Mercedes at this point. They they have their arms around the new regs better than they do. As much as I don't think that they should be the betting favorites to win next year, the, the odds will appropriately be better mm-hmm. for them than Mercedes and if they do win, it'll be because Charles took him to the mountaintop. I, even with the mistakes he makes, he is the guy who can put it all together and can, can compete at that elite level more than Carlos, in my opinion. So uh, if Mercedes turns the corner, then George, the other answer. There's other super talented guys. Lando's super talented, but he's locked into McLaren for a long time, and McLaren doesn't look anywhere close to competing for drivers or constructors' championships. So it's hard to say. To the second question, most titles. I mean, the, right now the answer's got to be Max. If uh, you're including him among the young, which he is, he's very young, the yeah. same age as the rest of those guys. I mean, I don't. If it's not, Ma- if we get 15 years on and it's not Max, that's like that's wild. That's a wild outcome. It means like somebody else 
really crushed it. At Do some you think point. we're looking at you know a Sebastian Vettel Red Bull run here for straight uh, Lewis Hamilton? with Mercedes during the hybrid era, winning every single championship. Red Bull has been dominant this year. It seems like it's been a close season, but by the end of the year, it ain't going to look like that at all. No, no, not at all. I mean, no, it's it's an incredibly dominant year. It definitely could be. You've seen big regulatory changes have ushered in big periods of dominance, mm-hmm. you know, from a team. You know, so that, it, that would not be uncommon. But also, you know, we're coming out, we're, we're coming out of a like a, a like a sort of mega team cycle, like you know Ferrari dominating with Schumacher, and then Red Bull dominating with Vettel, and then uh, Mercedes dominating with Hamilton. You know, now we're at the beginning of this new era, and it's but that hasn't always been the way the sport has been, and they're actively trying to discourage that nowadays, right? Mm-hmm. With the cost cap, with other regulatory changes, they are more interested in on track competitiveness and discouraging that level of dominance so maybe they'll make changes that make it harder for red bull to pull off something quite like that um but he's still gotta be yeah, yeah. i mean he i i don't even think if we got i mean if we get to the end of their careers and somehow george or charles or lando has won more titles than max that's that, I mean, I would say it. Sh- I would be shocked. Oh, definitely. I'd be shocked. You know what I mean? Like, I, you know, yeah, so. that would be a shocker. But I'm with you. It's got to be Leclerc or Russell to be the next For the, if you're title next, winner. Because I don't think, uh, like, signs clear number two. Perez, clear number two. Other than that, you're you're just guessing. Uh, next really. first time, I, I mean, other than that, the only difference would be does Hamilton retire and then does somebody step up into the Mercedes seat sure. who somehow – best george right but that's easier said than john done george is a huge talent like george will be incredibly competitive when the time comes next question came to us from twitter from at brian underscore swain who says not serious answers only what non-car brand would you like to see start an f1 team like red bull cheetos you could have chester the cheetah roaming around the pit lane mountain dew a bright neon green obnoxious car trojan condoms could make for a provocative livery what kind of brand would you like to see start a team in formula one what's the what's the bit ba- oh bush's baked beans maybe <laughs> bush's baked bean, you know give it the, oh, full, the beans full beans and it's a, full beans you just got a I whole beans covered car like a livery that's yep. just like that that thick bean color <laughs> yeah, <Just> la- <laughs> thick, that thick thick bean color yeah, yeah la- like i mean i would say a bush's a bush's car would be Pretty, I mean, look at that. What if you had somebody that rich, that rich, you know, orangey like Auburn hue? They that, do. Nice. They do have a, a, a NAS- NASCAR team. Huh? Do they? Yeah. Okay. So I mean, let's Trent be real. That Owens. Is so the I would crew say chief. it's that's. That's not the <laughs> you said not you said not serious answers only but maybe I'm dead serious about getting bushes in <laughs> a brown car that just says Bush's best baked beans on the front uh, I'm with you that's the I mean, answer I, mean, I had other answers but that's the answer wait what were your other answers uh, my other answer was UPS because I would like to see a brown car <laughs> I'm like brown and yellow looks cool for the pod yeah, race yeah, 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 yeah. okay look out okay, there fair enough but man if you can get a straight beans car that a car would win every car. week. Yeah. And I'm assuming sure. they're a United States uh, based brand. So, B- Bushes? I'm, I'm presuming. Guessing. I mean, I guess. Well, yeah, I mean, two of the, two Could of they the be British? Don't became they? presidents, Don't... you know? 
Uh, right, George right. W. Two and George back. W. Well, don't wait, but Arsa, don't the Brits love baked beans? They do. Could be a British brand. I I feel like a, a British. Every British bean I see is a Heinz baked bean. I think a Heinz is a United States Heinz is a, company yeah. as well. I mean, there you go. We're getting a bean car is what we're saying okay. here. Okay. Next question comes from <laughs> Muhammad7 on Twitter who says, Do F1 drivers ever listen to music in the car during the race? The, <laughs> the answer is no. I think the answer is no. The answer is no. They, I, um, I, you know, you did – uh, back in the early 2000s, back when Sly Stallone was racing, sometimes he would hum to himself. Oh, the humming. Right, yeah, he would yeah, get yeah. to the humming, and he, so he would really get in the zone. But other than that, you know, uh, I think no. They do – some of them listen to music beforehand. Sure. They do like that classic athlete, like, I got my headphones on, I'm getting in the zone thing. But you're telling me nobody's going into the crutch field I think catalog they're just talking and ordering a, a I think they're talking pioneer. to each other a yeah. lot. They are talking a lot. There's a lot of talking going on. They're talking all the time. And we're only getting a small snippet of the talking. Like, they're talking to each other all the time. I thought that was funny during uh, the Grand Prix. I think they were talking to Zach Brown. Who, by the way, I actually think Zach Brown was kind of doing a southern accent for this entire race. Oh, you race. think he was, like, doing I a think bit? He was you think it he hard. was being like, we're here to, yeah. Oh, they're flying down here, buddy. Yeah. Uh, but at one point, they asked him if they'd even heard from Daniel Ricardo yet. And they're like, yeah, he's been pretty quiet now. I'm sure we'll hear from him at some point. So that was funny to me. But <laughs> I, obviously, they're not listening uh, to music while they're actually driving. But my question, what would be your go-to driving song mm-hmm. if you were out there? Wow. A song you wanted to, to like, hear to really if I'm, go full beans. Maybe like some ZZ Top, like some like 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 Tush or something like that. I'm just like it's a long race. You want to get it. You don't want to like you want to get in the groove. Like sure. So like da down da down da down da down da I mean, I could see getting like settling in and really hitting hitting the gas and making it happen out there. That's not bad. What about you, JD? Yeah. If you were uh, driving a car at 200 miles an hour, what do you want to be listening to? Phil Collins against all odds. <laughs> Matteo, uh, our old producer, he swore by that song as a running song. You know, not yeah, like Phil a, 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 yeah, but the Phil Collins uh, against all odds. And God damn it, I was on a treadmill once, and it came on, and it got me going. It Just it actually case. pumps you up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So okay. against all odds. Quick correction, guys. Uh, Heinz. British company. What? I, yeah. What? At least originally. That's crazy. But like Heinz of like Heinz Field and like the like the the. I thought they were the like ketchup a, yeah, like the ketchup the, brand. Yeah, I think I think so. Is it the same brand? I'm looking at Heinz baked beans me. and yeah, it's uh, H.J. <laughs> Heinz Company uh, sold in the U.K. and other countries. Has been sold as Heinz Beans with a Z, a Z, a Z. They would say over there. Z. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I can't. Maybe it is. I don't know. Okay. I is the beans is the beans company. It's the same as the the ketchup company. Yes, and I think HP sauce and all that as well, right? Well, they've got fifty-seven varieties. We all know. <laughs> <laughs> Only one of them is ketchup. Uh, one of them is UK beans. <laughs> the other fifty-five. It's up for you to figure out. Are the beans a variety? That's what they're like. Uh, I don't know. There's there's some debate here about where these beans are located. Yeah. Uh, there's, a, there's a beans museum, wait, a pop up exhibit at Covent Garden. I thought it was based in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Well, they may make them here, but as far as I can see, 
Let me dig into it more. Okay. You guys carry on. Yeah, I'll, I'll carry do on. some get, uh, deep yeah, dive into What are beans? other, yeah, what, what would be your go-to Oh, song? Take It Easy by the Eagles. Running okay. down the road trying to loosen my load. <laughs> okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Seven yeah. on my mind. Yeah, I get that. I get <laughs> Very that. Very propulsive song. I just mean, play it over and yeah. over and over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, oh, you want to just listen to it on repeat. One song only, yeah. That's how I do it. <laughs> when I start listening to Take It Easy by the Eagles, it's the only song I want to hear. Until it's until like I'm done listening to music. And, until you have to call in somebody to the karaoke for, room. How do you fix this machine? Yeah, God, it won't play anything. God but forbid take it, it comes easy. on early during the road trip. Sorry, kids, for the next eight hours, it's Take It Easy on repeat. Great road Settle trip in. song. Okay. Heinz uh, definitely an American company. I don't know what I was reading. <laughs> Okay, Wikipedia, so not, man. Not not a British. Yeah, you were right. It was founded in Pennsylvania. Okay, but I think maybe the Heinz British baked beans are kind of specific. Yeah, so that is a, they must that like is a very specific teal can of beans. Yeah. That is a very specific. Yeah, thing. yeah. They're That's got to be their number one selling item in the UK. They just love. Guessing, I mean, British guessing. people love beans. <laughs> they love. They really do. Beans. They really do. <laughs> yeah. All right, a Heinz baked beans car driven by Lewis Hamilton at the end of his career. I'm in. I mean, who says no? Who says no? <laughs> I'm asking you as if you're going to start the team for us. You in? I'll pitch you about in? it. You in? All right. So uh, that's Beach Steppen. Send us questions if you've ever got them. No dunks at theathletic.com. Tweet them to me and Graydon. We'll find them somehow. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, Everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover the latest collections from David Yerman, as seen recently, styled on basketball stars like Jaime Jaquez, Jalen Green, D'Angelo Russell, and others. David Yerman is a celebrated American jewelry company inspired by the beauty of art, architecture, and the natural world. The story of David Yerman begins in New York City with David, a sculptor, and his wife Sybil, a painter and ceramicist. When the artists began collaborating, their goal was to simply make beautiful designed objects to wear. Over 40 years later, the Yermans and their son, Evan, continue to redefine American luxury jewelry with timeless, modern collections for women and men defined by inspiration, innovation, consummate craftsmanship, and Cable, the brand's artistic signature. David Yerman's collections are available on davidyerman.com. We got a race coming up, great in the Mexico Grand Prix. Mm-hmm. Coming up this weekend, I do believe, right? I actually didn't look at the calendar, but <laughs> yes, this weekend. This weekend yeah. Let's take a look at the standings after quite a few races. Look at gold numbers on both sides. Season's over. Oh, man. Max Verstappen, he's your champion for the drivers and Red Bull Racing. They are your champion for the constructors. Max is followed by Leclerc, Perez, Russell, Sainz, Hamilton, Norris, Ocon, Alonso, and Botas. Botas holding it down in 10th. Good job, guy. <sighs> As for the team standings, it goes Red Bull, Ferrari, Mercedes, Alpine, McLaren, Alfa Romeo, Aston Martin, Haas, Alfa Tauri, and Williams. The championships are done, Graydon. Why should we still watch this race? Because it's going to be good. I love the Mexico Grand Prix. Okay. It is – I mean, the fans are great. Yet another locale where I think they're just – 
super fired up. I think it'll be really cool to see if Sergio can get a win. I think the place will go absolutely bonkers if Sergio is on the top step. Um, at he his led Grand Prix. the Mexican Grand Prix last year. I he, think he was the first Mexican driver to lead the Grand Prix. He was, yes, but he didn't end up right. winning. He ended up on the podium, but he ended, he didn't end up winning. Uh, but they um, – it's great, and it's just a great track. It's a super cool, very unique drive you know the highest altitude track of the season which creates a really weird setup for the cars Mm -hmm. it's actually um they run very high downforce packages similar to monaco or singapore even though it really is all about straight line speed and power because they they need that additional downforce to get through these corners um it also creates really big challenges for the engineering team because the 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 air is so thin it affects the engines and all Mm -hmm. and the brakes and all things in all kinds of weird ways it also puts a lot of pressure on the drivers themselves with like kind of an oxygen deficient kind of environment. I think people don't realize just how high Mexico city is. Mm -hmm. So it's, they, um, so all in all cool. I think it'll be super fun. You're still seeing guys fight for Grand Prix. And I think now we're basically in a part of the season where, you know, this, this starts to become the, the, the prequel to next season. How are guys looking? You saw that in, 2020 where you saw you know max take the very last race of the year in the last time that mercedes got a a double title you know there you saw him win in abu dhabi before the 2021 season and and it kind of set off this you know rumors that red bull was going to be on another level the subsequent year and i think similarly here we'll be able we're going to get a look at can ferrari start to claw its way back can mercedes even with Ferrari, what's 2023 going to look like? I think it's all fun to watch, not to mention, you know, people are fighting for fighting for Grand Prix wins, which is, you know, something they've always dreamed of. Yeah, so. got a couple of <clears throat> little standings things I guess we can keep our eye on. P4 seems to be pretty uh, very, hotly contested in the up, Constructors' yeah. Championship between Alpine and McLaren. And as for the drivers, P2 is still up for grabs between Leclerc and Perez, only Two points separating Leclerc from Perez. And that's kind of interesting to me because you're talking about the number two driver for Red Bull chasing the number one driver for Ferrari. So that will be something to keep your eye on as well. For so sure. Who, who is this favoring, you think, between Leclerc and Perez? You know, it's a, it, that's a, this is an interesting one because they will – I think this probably favors Red Bull because – um, a, you know, it is probably more about straight line speed than and like the engine power than, you know, a lot of other tracks. I also think given the high downforce setup that Rebel's going to run, excuse me, that for, or they're all going to run. But I, I have worries about tire degradation for Ferrari. I don't think they've solved that, mm-hmm. um, you know, for for their car quite yet. Um, you're even seeing Leclerc struggle with that a little bit at the end of the U.S. Grand Prix. He started the, the the time that Perez had from him, he started taking big chunks out of uh-huh. him at the very end there. And I started to think, oh, my God, Perez is going to catch him again, just like the last race, and maybe be putting pressure on him coming into that final, uh, those final laps, just like Japan. So it didn't end up happening. But I, I, I suspect they might have similar issues. So I think Red Bull's got to be the favorite. Also, I mean, let's be real. Max and Red Bull are, I think, the favorite, no yeah, matter oh, what yeah, the yeah. track are. I'm just assuming no he's going to win the race, but it's, not, uh, it's still cars, interesting to see who comes in second. It's not – even in some of those really dominant Mercedes years, there were tracks where it's, this was clearly a Ferrari track, this was clearly a Red Bull track, and Mercedes just was on odds, the bet on average, the best. That's not even true anymore. It's just mm-hmm. like 
every track Red Bull is <laughs> from here on out. All right, so. so that's this weekend, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Got another afternoon race this Sunday. Oh, since yeah. Since it's here in North yeah, America. We gotta, yeah, we'll have, a, we'll have a barbecue. Well, come on. Yeah, let's do it. Bring your beans. Bring your beans. Bring BYOB. Bring your own beans <laughs> to Grains for a barbecue. <laughs> uh, I think that's all we got show-wise. Plug time. At Mr. Gordian. Follow him Follow on me. Twitter. You got any good tweets coming up? I mean, if you uh, do you want to experience the Spurs tank or failure what, to tank in real tank? time? What tank? What tank are you talking about? In real time? Then join me as I narrate the Spurs as they as they fail at tanking. Three and one so far. I am loving it. Who's your favorite San Antonio Spur this season? I mean, Devin Vassell's been he's, he's been, been around awesome. a while. Yeah. He's been awesome. So I mean, he 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 looked really mediocre against the Hornets, but then he's he's shown a lot of aggression. Shown stuff. You know, Pirtle, my man, has been. He looked great the other. He's been out there. You know, I mean, the way he took on. You know, Rudy and Cat, like last night, I mean, he looked great against some bigs who are inarguably superior. Man, so, this guy does it all. NBA takes, Formula One takes. You Loved were great it. on uh, Is This Good last week. Thank you. Talking Cacio Pepe's. Thank you for saying that. <laughs> Thank you. You need any pasta this week? <sighs> I haven't had, I've had a little bit of pizza. A little pizza? No a little pizza, no, no pasta. pasta. No pasta. Little pizza, no pasta. You can follow us at No Dunks Inc. I N C. That's anywhere you get content on the internet. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, of course. If you've got questions for no breaks, email them to us at nodunksattheathletic.com. Or like I said, you can tweet it to either one of us or no dunks. We got no dunks coming back tomorrow, 10 a.m. Eastern to talk NBA. We got Is This Good back tomorrow, 2 p.m. Eastern with Skeets and special guest Amir Blumenfeld. And then tomorrow night, we get a big Survivor episode leading us to no buffs on Thursday at 1 p.m. Eastern. Obviously, we'll do our No Dunks Daily Show as well. Anything else you want to say? No, I think enjoy the race this weekend. You know, uh, F1 sickos. Yeah, fun one. sickos, clever bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. And remember, be fast or be last. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager.